0: The Siege of New Hampshire series by Mick Roland, Book Five, Critical Spring, Chapter Seven, Part Two, New World Order. A party of four took turns climbing the ladder to the top of the semi-trailer. The buzz of conversations among the audience died out. A small generator began to putter behind the trailer. The first of them, Mayor Clements, tapped on the microphone. Two loudspeakers barked in response. My fellow citizens, we are gathered here today to witness a great moment in all our lives. A turning point from the age of darkness to one of light. The crisis of last October has affected each and every one of us. While the actual authors of this terrorist attack have yet to be identified, the road to repair and rebuilding is crystal clear. The mayor paused to let those thoughts settle in before pressing on. Skilled politicians knew not to risk losing their audience by saying too much at once. Part of that rebuilding includes our leaders in Washington assigning special task forces to each area to oversee recovery efforts and forge a new, stronger nation. Uh, What does that mean? Adele asked no one particular. Are they fixing the power? Washington has blessed us with the assignment of Jabal Balim, former Chicago City Councilman to be our new director for Region 1. He will lend his considerable administrative talents to help us overcome the shackles of the past and become a resource of hope for the needy. My fellow citizens, I give you Director Balaam. Hey, that's the guy from the highway. Chicago, ooh. I wonder if he was one of those people who was evacuated on that ship. Weird that he'd end up way out here. Balaam strode up to the wooden railing and took the microphone. He raised his arms to receive adulation. A few dozen people near the trailer clapped sporadically, as if unsure whether it was appropriate or not. The rest of the crowd only stared at the stranger in the long black coat. Balaam lowered his arms hesitantly and looked across the assembled throng. I think he really expected cheers, Susan thought. These people don't look like a cheering sort of crowd. Balaam waved and bowed slightly, continuing the usual mannerisms of a politician performing before an audience of eager supporters. Thank you, thank you all.
1: It is an honor to be placed in this important position to help all of us become beacons of hope To the hopeless, as we reshape our land better than it ever was before.
0: Uh, Who is he? asked Adele, none too quietly. Susan shrugged and smiled an embarrassed smile. "Uh, A guy named Balaam, she whispered, hoping Adele would get the hint to talk quieter. Balaam continued in a deep and sympathetic tone. These have been trying times for
1: us all. But take hope, your esteemed leaders in Washington know how you've suffered. They have recently enacted some bold steps to help restore the essential government services that are your right as citizens. But Washington has not stopped at simply returning things to the way they were before, no. This crisis has afforded us a golden opportunity to forge a better life for us all,
0: a better nation. He ended with his voice loud and exuberant. Wait, Susan thought. Did he just rephrase the old maxim of not letting a crisis go to waste?
1: Your new Congress has passed legislation to take us out of the dark ages of a broken country and into the bright new future
0: that will benefit everyone. Balaam held his arms up. A few people clapped. Balaam held up a piece of paper in one hand, the microphone in the other. He glanced at the paper. You all
1: remember the awful days before this crisis. Our nation was being torn asunder by divisive groups clinging to the tatters of an obsolete and crumbling empire. That oppressive reign of racists, sexists,
0: and bigots! Balaam barked out the accusations, then paused. Susan squinted and tilted her head. The old tar and feather words sounded out of place for a people relieved to have simply lived through the winter. For months, the topics of people's conversations revolved around what might or might not be edible, how much sawdust could be added to dough and still be considered bread, or whether it was better to bury or burn the dead. Starvation and death didn't care what gender or race you were. No one fought in these categories. As you are keenly aware, Balaam said, this crisis
1: has emboldened those corrupt elements, the criminals, the oppressors, to take advantage of our hardship. These sinister forces have seized control over half of our nation states, driving rightfully elected governments out and installing
0: their racist cronies into power. Interesting spin on the coalition states, Susan thought. Those don't sound like can't we all get along words. I'm guessing reconciliation isn't on Washington's agenda.
1: These corrupt powers refuse to listen to common sense requests for humanitarian aid from Washington to assist citizens most in need. They would rather rule a wasteland than feed a starving inner city child. Balaam's tone and rhythm were rising. Our nation was already deeply divided between those of us who wanted progress for everyone And those who would steal progress, deny women and children decent food and shelter, dark forces only interested in amassing fortunes for themselves on the backs of widows and orphans
0: left to perish in the snow. Balaam pounded the board railing to express his outrage. Hmm, widows and orphans? Behind me lies a nest of these same vipers. Balaam flailed an arm over his shoulder. Their
1: criminals, not only enslave poor victims inside their borders. They have crept like snakes across our borders, raping our daughters, killing our grandmothers, stealing our food and terrorizing the land. This happened recently, just south of here, on the road to Vernon. "'where a band of their bloodthirsty marauders "'crossed the river from that den of evil "'to murder a young mother "'and steal the food she
0: was bringing to her family.'" "'Ah?' Adele asked Susan. "'Murder? Uh, I live on that road. Uh, "'I never heard about that.'" Shh, Susan admonished. "'He might explain more. "'Inside she wondered if someone had seen "'her little trading session on the island and that harmless event was being blown into a propaganda horror story. Movement caught Susan's eye. Chivley was slowly backing out of the crowd in the park. He took occasional small steps backward, always facing the stage. Did that strike a nerve in him? They didn't catch him. He's acting worried he'll get tied to it.
1: Rest assured, good citizens, your government has new plans to crack down on these criminals. Continued Balaam. I have ordered new high-tech monitoring devices along the river that can detect movement and alert authorities to incoming marauders. We will first contain
0: this cancer, then cut it out. He held up his arms for applause again, but no one clapped. Knots of people with worried looks on their faces conversed. They were still digesting the news of the deadly attack. Shively took a few more steps backward. If he kept the same course, he would back up Canal Street. Susan intended to discreetly intercept him and have a few words. I don't think he expected the propaganda spin. Whatever his contact is on the inside, they didn't know about the attack story, or Shively wouldn't even be here. But now, said Balaam, on to better news.
1: Congress has decided that you and all the good people of this land deserve a new flag to symbolize our rebirth and rebuilding. The criminals who have broken away from civilized, decent society still use that old imperious symbol of racism, sexism, and oppression the red, white, and blue to represent their motley collection of stolen states. We say, fine, let them keep it. It hasn't been our flag for many years anyhow. Citizens, I give you
0: your new flag. With that crescendo, Balaam and the mayor kicked a long roll of fabric that lay across the top edge of the semi-trailer. Susan hadn't given it much thought before, thinking that it was part of the railing. The 16-foot-wide roll tumbled down the dull aluminum side of the trailer. There were 12 horizontal stripes, each a different color of the rainbow. In the upper left was a black square, the canton of the flag. It contained a ring of twelve stars, each a different shade of brown. This, my friends, thundered Balaam,
1: is the flag of the new America, your new America.
0: He held up his arms again and jumped slightly as if expecting a groundswell of approval. Instead, the people stopped their conversations about the reported murder and stared. Yes, gone are the symbols of oppression,
1: that banner of slavery, patriarchy, greed, and oppression. Our new flag has the many colors of inclusion to symbolize that no one shall be marginalized or denied equal access to the wealth of this nation. The black canton is a tribute to all of those slaves who suffered and died because of the crumbling empire of the oppressors.
0: Balaam bowed his head for a moment of silence while he held one fist high in the air.
1: The twelve stars in a circle of unity are the many shades of brown to represent all of this land's people of color. The one color you will not find on our new flag. Balaam paused
0: to let the presumed excitement build. Is white! Balaam stood with his arms outstretched, an urban progressive Moses rallying his twelve tribes of diversity to follow him into the Promised Land.
1: You are all free from the slavery of white privilege and
0: oppression! He nodded in approval, perhaps to signal the crowd that what he had just said was a good thing. The people in the crowd, Didn't get the signal. They stared at the new flag or glanced at each other, seeking some hint of how to respond. As Susan looked across the crowd, she noticed that the vast majority of the Brattleboro area residents were white. The dark skinned family that stood across Canal Street didn't seem excited at their new announced freedom from oppression. Only a few people smiled and nodded their approval. Yet they were white. Susan recognized them as workers at the co-op. "'Is this some sort of joke or something?' Aaron asked quietly. "'Adult humor makes no sense.' Sandy leaned over to Susan to whisper. "'It looks like we'll have new bosses.' "'And this is your new
1: flag,' said Balaam. "'All of the old flags are hereby declared illegal.' Any old flags are to be turned in to the town authorities to be destroyed. That's the law. The first 50 lucky citizens to turn in old flags will get their own copy of the new
0: flag. He waved a small copy of the multicolor flag. Now, on to some other good news. Uh, Did I miss something? asked Adele. Uh, What other good news? Uh, What was the first good news? Shh! hissed Susan. Congress has enacted a bold
1: new monetary reform. Like the old flag, the old money, the dollar, is hopelessly corrupted by corporatism, exploitation, racism, sexism, and white privilege. The criminal states still use those rags of evil as their money, so Congress decided to make a clean break with that terrible past. They have established a new currency that will embody all that is noble and good in humanity. No more portraits of white male slave owners. The new money will bear portraits of champions of civil rights, martyrs to the cause of justice and other symbols of freedom. The new currency are called shares, not dollars as every
0: citizen deserves a share in their collective wealth. Susan's mind mulled over articles that she had read about old fiat currencies being replaced with new ones. The example of the early 1990s in Yugoslavia's disastrous new dinars came to mind. Venezuela's failed new bolivar also crossed her mind. This should prove interesting, yeah, but not in a good way
1: as with the old flags anyone with the old dollars will have one week to exchange them for shares at the prevailing exchange rate of course after next friday it will be illegal
0: to trade or do any business with the old dollars dollars are illegal adele announced adele motioned for susan to stoop down so she could whisper "'I saved up a lot of—' she looked around to see if anyone was listening. Uh, "'You know, those. uh, For times like these. I've been using them to buy supplies. Uh, "'Now they're illegal. Uh, What's an old woman to do?' "'Her eyes were wide with genuine worry. "'Well, he said you have until next Friday to exchange them,' Susan said. "'She could imagine that Adele was worried about the prospects of an old woman "'traveling the roads with a large sum of money.' In both directions. The odds were strong that some opportunists would anticipate such targets being on the streets in the coming week. Paul, Susan nudged Paul's elbow, think we could help Adele get from her home to town and back before next Friday? She leaned closer to whisper quieter. She has a lot of dollars to bring in for the exchange. Paul nodded without taking his eyes off the stage. Adele smiled. Someone in the front asked a question of Balaam, although their voice was too unamplified and inaudible. That is an excellent question, Balaam said into the microphone. You will have
1: shares to spend. Part of the new currency policy is the provision that each and every household will receive 100 shares per week as a guaranteed income. This new program will alleviate poverty and erase the blight of income inequality throughout the regions.
0: They don't call them states anymore, Susan wondered. She saw Shivley backing slowly up canal street, getting closer to her position. She nudged Paul. He had been watching Shivley too. The two of them sidestepped to put themselves in his path. Oh, sorry. "'Shivley said when he bumped into Susan. "'He didn't turn to see whom he had backed into. "'He shifted to the right only to bump into Paul. "'Oh, sorry.' "'I'm surprised to see you here,' Susan whispered. "'Shivley shot a quick glance over his shoulder. "'You?' "'He froze and faced the stage. "'Yes, me. "'From all the new security, I figured they caught you.' "'No, no, no. "'They never saw us.' "'Shivley hissed between clenched teeth. "'They must have seen something,' Susan whispered through ventriloquist lips. "'They tightened just about everything that very next day. "'Coincidence?' "'She blamed Shivley getting caught and ruining her chances of getting across the river. "'She reserved the biggest kick for herself, "'for not being ready when her one, and now maybe only, opportunity arose.' Chivley tried to take a step backward between Paul and Susan. They both closed the gap. "'You're in a pretty big hurry to leave,' she whispered. Her eyes stayed forward. "'Why is that?' Chivley glanced around at the people nearby. His fingers fidgeted with his buttons. "'He seems too genuinely worried to be on the Fed payroll,' she thought. "'I wonder if his insider contacts might not be in power anymore.' Look, if you must know, I have a lot of dollars, okay, he whispered over his shoulder. His insiders must not be too high up. They did not know in advance about the shares coming out, although I'll bet the powers in D.C. were keeping the new money in a tight secret to prevent chaos before the new notes were ready to roll out. I need to get them traded for supplies before, Shively glanced back, Before they get the news, I'm gonna bet exchange rate will be like a hundred to one or something, but it will be zero after next week. Dollars will be worthless soon. So you're gonna stick some poor schmuck with a load of worthless cash? It's just business, okay? Said Shively. Look, I don't know why they upped the patrols. It wasn't us. We got back clean now. I gotta get out of here. With that, Shively pretended to drop something behind himself, stoop and pick it up, only to stand up two more steps farther up Canal Street. He resumed his pretense of listening to Balaam. Susan decided not to call attention to Shively. He might still be useful. He might also be a rat from a sinking ship. What about you guys? Susan asked Sandy. Do you have dollars you need to trade in? Sandy shook her head slightly. Not much of a problem. Didn't have much on hand before all of this. Uh, What we had was in the bank, uh, frozen and probably gone forever. Uh, We've gotten by just fine trading with neighbors. Further, continued Balaam,
1: any and all commerce shall henceforth be conducted in shares and only in authorized trading centers. Your regional authorized trading center is the
0: co-op. Balaam pointed to the building behind most of the crowd.
1: Barter and trade between private parties are now
0: illegal, stated Balaam. Okay, now that's a problem, Sandy whispered. This announcement caused an agitated buzz of conversations among the audience. Neighbors had been trading with neighbors ever since the power went out. Federal emergency supplies were few and far between. The sporadic federal aid was primarily sent to city centers and quickly evaporated. Even with the governor's contribution program, the shelves of the co-op were routinely bare. Private trade had been the solution. Balaam seemed to sense the crowd's sour mood. He quickly added
1: I know this is a change from your usual business and will require a little more effort for a few. But let me assure you, this is necessary for two good reasons. One is to ensure that resources are available to all citizens and not just hoarded for the benefit of a
0: wealthy few. Wealthy? Susan wondered. Folks in the countryside have food and firewood because they worked for it and saved it. This sounds more like wealth redistribution coming. Food redistribution. The more critical second reason for this change, Balaam resumed,
1: is to put an end to the illicit trade and supplies that have been supporting the insurgents, those ruthless criminals who have seized control of New Hampshire. Yes, I know it's hard to believe that anyone among your trusted friends and neighbors would stoop so low as to provide aid and assistance to such vile enemies of decent people. But believe me, it happens. How else could this haven of evil have survived this long? Right on our doorstep.
0: Susan recalled her days in Cheshire. The people there got through the crisis because they were resourceful and worked hard. Are people really buying this den of thieves story? They lived there. It's nothing like that. People survived because they worked at it. Balaam slipped into a melodramatic, consoling tone. I'm
1: sure none of you here today would do such a thing. But to ensure that all aid to the rebels is cut off, we must impose these little inconveniences upon you, the good people, in order to stop the bad people. You all want to stop the bad people, right? Balaam
0: pumped his fist into the air, a cue that the crowd was supposed to roar their approval. Knots of people were still embroiled in conversation about the rules change. Uh, can we only buy and sell stuff at the co-op? asked Adele. ''It sounds like it,'' Susan said. ''Well, that just stinks,'' muttered Adele. ''Bad enough. I have to walk all the way up here every other week for the contribution. I can't carry very much. I'm an old woman,'' for crying out loud. ''I'll have to come up here every few days. Spend most of my time on the road. Didn't they think of that?'' The crowd continued to murmur its discontent. Susan wondered how a law against private trade could ever be enforced. The government didn't have the resources to police the entire hill country. Maybe it's just one of those back-pocket laws they accuse you of breaking when they don't have anything better. More when they don't have any better, more provable infractions. It would be another one of those guilty unless proven innocent charges. Who could prove they didn't trade with someone? You can't prove a negative. I'll bet most of these compliant citizens will just follow the rules.
1: To demonstrate how much better in life America will be from now on, you will see that the shelves of the co-op are well stocked, Malam shouted. Each household can pick up your first weekly payment of shares at the table inside the shop For the food you deserve. You all have a share in this new nation.
0: I guess we should get in line, said Nathan. Not sure how they're going to decide who's a household and who isn't. We should try to look like as many families as we can. Aaron stepped over between Paul and Susan. Blake, you go with Mom and Dad. I should go with these two, so they look like a family. Paul and Susan looked at each other with embarrassed smiles. This second half of Chapter 7 had quite a bit of social commentary in it, more than I remembered. That part about their having an alternate national flag felt, at the time that I wrote it, back in 2018, a little over the top. Since then, not so much, especially the last few years. It seems all too plausible now. The other part of Balaam's good news, the new money, has also turned out to be rather fitting for these days. With increased concerns about central bank digital currencies and about the BRICS nations forming a rival reserve currency, causing the collapse of the dollar, which some predict would have a domino effect on many economies, it shines a spotlight on the role of money in our society, and the somewhat fragile nature of that role. Coincidentally, I'm exploring that fragile role some more in the chapters of book six that I'm currently writing. Money is, essentially, just a medium, a middle ground for exchange. It makes commerce a whole lot easier than barter. Ultimately, we don't value the dollars themselves, but what they can do for us. A utility bill getting paid, a new pair of shoes, a bag of groceries. At the base of our economy, we're still trading our stuff, or our labor, for someone else's stuff, or their labor. Just like in bartering, the money is a handier means to keep score. Today's money itself has no intrinsic value. It's fiat currency, with nothing other than the government's promise that it's good. Money used to, long ago, have some tangible value when the paper notes were redeemable for gold or silver. But even then, the gold and silver were themselves pretty much symbolic in value. Silver doesn't have a lot of nutrition or calories to it. Fiat currency only works when the vast majority of people trust it. What tends to happen in a collapse, even if it isn't the sort of total apocalyptic collapse, is that the government's promises don't mean that much. People don't trust the fiat money, so sellers are reluctant to accept it. If you can't pay your bills, buy some shoes, or buy groceries with the money, well, then what good is it? What, if anything, could you do to mitigate that problem? Diversification is the common answer, but diversify into what? That's the question. That tends to be a hot topic and prepared in preparedness the circles. There are folks who champion the idea that gold and silver will rise as the alternate currency in a collapsed situation. Other folks argue that precious metals will have much the same trust problem, that most people won't recognize or appreciate the value of your silver coin, so they won't trade their pair of boots for it. Even gold and silver need to be trusted by enough of the population for them to be practical. Still others imagine that only barter will work, and often advocate for stocking up on consumables, things with immediate intrinsic value like food and blankets, etc., so you'd have something to barter with. But since people have lived their entire lives using the concept of money, it's hard to imagine that something else won't get nominated to take the place if our current currency should fail. Commodity money is an ancient concept. Back in Old Testament times, a measure of barley was used like money. The name for that unit, which is about a quart, was a shekel. Now, carrying around sacks of barley is pretty inconvenient, So people started making tokens out of silver to represent a measure of barley. The name transferred to the coin, kind of like how the British currency unit is called the pound. A bag of silver shekel coins was a whole lot easier to carry around. But back in the day, the coin wasn't so valuable as the quart of barley that it could be redeemed for. Just today I was listening to Todd's Prepper podcast at Ready Your Future, the episode about coffee, And he mentioned how coffee beans are used as a commodity money in parts of Africa. People still use commodity monies. Odds are, we will again, if we need to. Of course, coffee beans as money is a pretty handy segue for thanking Carrie Q and Anne for buying me coffees this week. Thanks, ladies. Your support means more to me than just the caffeine boost. And, if you want to be one of the cool kids, too, like Carrie and Anne, check out my page at buymeacoffee.com slash Rowland. all one word. Thanks, too, to my patrons and monthly members. I'll be back next week with Chapter 8.